shadows cast by rainbows There you'll meet the sage Feeding rabbits bits of lettuce Or cleaning out the cage He can give you more direction Than you've ever known Show you your bronze baby shoes Now my how you have grown Ain't it nice to fly your waving As soft clouds go by but Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with the members of the 4th Estate crew, the member of the 4th Estate crew, my main man, Mabili. What's up, baby? You hey, all right, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's summertime. Summer, right. summer, summertime. We're going to play that. We'll yeah. play it, I think, one day. <laughs> what is it? Oh, man. Yeah, some good stuff in the background there, bro. Freestyling. Yeah. Hey, everybody, this is Walter Osmond II and Billy in studio here with you, uh, pumping it through your ear holes right here from WMNF Studios. We are very glad to have you here with us this beautiful Sunday morning and 4th of July weekend. Yeah. <laughs> 4th of July. Now, now you know, Billy, I don't, I don't do 4th of July. Yeah, but we're all, this we're, all part of an emancipation it, season. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it is an emancipation season. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that. Mm-hmm. Because that brings me to uh, to this caveat. Um, we were talking about, you know, we, we talk about it quite often. And that is the issue of the importance of the study of black history. And how people like to make light of the of the efforts that have been made to shut down cultural studies. Not just black history, but cultural studies, right? Black history most of all. Now, in further studies, it has been found that there's more to 
Juneteenth than just the emancipation of black people from slavery. What happened during Juneteenth in Texas and in other southern states uh, further west? As you go further west, and, and even in the eastern states, but especially further west, what you found was black people already knew about the emancipation. The issue was getting out of slavery. Right. Did avoiding you the violence. Avoiding yeah. the violence. We were in a war at the time. That's exactly <laughs> right. And people forget about the fact that they, people were, white people were killing right. black people who were trying to get off the plantation of out of servitude, trying to walk away to freedom. Right. Right? Now, what we also find is that there were um, slave masters who were taking their slaves that they could take with them and running to Cuba and Brazil. Now, why would they do that, you might ask? Well, you might ask that because you probably are not aware of the fact that in Cuba, slavery did not end until 1886, I think it was. Yeah, 1886. And then in Brazil, which was the last country in the Western Hemisphere to end slavery, Brazil ended slavery in 1888. Mm -hmm. Which is, strangely enough, what you will find is, if you go to Brazil, there are segments in Brazil where they celebrate the Confederacy. Mm. In a country where 88% of the population is black. Yeah, but it was a lot but of But it was a lot of slavery. <laughs> a lot of slavery going on. And, and also, in the same, in the same uh, note, you might also point out the fact that institutionalized whitening was being put in, was being... Uh, uh, enacted in those countries when they found that uh, slavery was coming to an end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting points, very interesting points, and 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 the and the connection to uh, the international connection, right, is something that's very very important. Yeah, because of colonialism. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, it's important, folks. It's very important for us to have Black history. It's very important for us to have cultural studies. If we do not read, if we do not discuss, if we do not research, if we do not have scholarship, understand there's a difference between being a student and being a scholar. If you don't have scholarship in these fields, we will be lost. Our history will be lost entirely. And the different nuances of our history will be lost. Right. And I mean, as you said, a global history... um, as a matter of fact, we talked about emancipation season, and uh, in addition to the celebrating the end of slavery, many of the European colonies in the Caribbean and the areas of the United States on various dates of this season are being, you know, emancipation is being observed. Uh, as a matter of fact, today is Emancipation Day in the U.S. Virgin Islands, so you might want to. Uh, Give a shout out to them, anybody from the Virgin Islands that you know. Shout out! <laughs> They're celebrating. And it go all the way to August, you know, this emancipation season. Um, but it is all about recalling that history. And if we don't remember history, we're doomed to repeat it. Yes. And there are a lot of people in politics today mm. that is trying to roll back the clock. Mm-mm-mm. Look at the Supreme Court. Look at the... Uh, Congress, you know, right now the Supreme Court of the United States is the least popular organization. Uh, 25% approval rating right now. Right. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's become a political body as opposed to a deliberative body that's supposed to interpret the, the Constitution. It's like they're trying to write it in their own to fit their own politics and that's not the role of a justice so you know a lot of history we're about to repeat a lot of the people who have been historically oppressed in this country are facing that wrath again you know women have been behind uh, the curve and people of color have been behind the curve and we see a new emboldenment in organization 
on the fascist right in this country to <laughs> to relitigate everything. And it looks like this Supreme Court is poised and you have enough of uh, bad actors, at least one bad actor in the in the guise of Clarence Thomas, who's saying that this is really, you know, behind the scenes. People are saying that Clarence Thomas complains that uh, this is, you know, he's got a vendetta against the liberals. <laughs> they ruined his life, all his life. And that's an interesting statement. He said they ruined his life for 46 years at the time he was on the court. You uh, know, he was only 46 when he got on the court. So <laughs> he sounds like he's saying everything that's happened, even things that that benefited black people and himself, like affirmative action is a was misery to his life. And he's in power now. I don't know who's in line to be chief justice, but he, Clarence Thomas is empowered right now, more empowered than he's ever been. Absolutely. And it's beginning to show. In, in spite of, and that's in spite of what he did to Anita Hill. Right. It's, yeah, that's part of the reason why I think he's he got so defiant is because a black woman was was spilling the beans about how he was on the job. I haven't heard that term so long. I know, right? <laughs> Showing my age. You're spilling beans now, really? <laughs> spilling beans, frying rice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? While we're busy spilling beans and frying rice, uh, let, let me point out the fact that this is the day after, but uh, we only come on once a week. But I want to point out the fact that this is the day after the birthday. I don't really care to celebrate the death of, except by discussion. But this is the birthday of the great emancipator, if you will, Patrice Lumumba yes, of so the Congo. Talk about the great emancipator. Man. He was the first prime minister of the Congo. That's right. That's right. Betrayed by <laughs> Mobutu Sesiseku Wazabinga. Yeah. His lieutenant at the time. That's, uh, right. that's how colonialists work. You take your lieutenants <laughs> Joseph. and divide them from you. Uh, the United States was pivotal in that poisoning of him, uh, weakening him, trying to get rid of him. So, put in his toothpaste. Yeah. Tried to poison through his toothpaste and everything, but it was ultimately um, the betrayal of Joseph uh, Mobutu, who was his right-hand man, so to speak, and uh, the head of his army that actually turned around, cut a, a deal with uh, Joseph Kazavubu and, um, in the neighboring, uh, neighboring countries. And the, the, one of the presidents of the neighboring countries and actually turned around and had him kidnapped and uh, ultimately executed. And uh, the only only remain that they have of him is a tooth. Huh. Well, you know, Congo has been weakened ever since. You know, we see in Eastern Congo, rape culture is a tool of war is still very prevalent. And there's a lot of work to be done on the continent. Yeah, Belgium, Belgium and France did a, did a world a, a world of hurt on these guys. Mm-hmm. Belgium more than anybody did. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's terrible what what we saw happen, what we've seen happen. And I urge people to watch King Leopold's Ghost mm-hmm. and read about King Leopold II. Read about um, the dissection, if you will, of Africa in the eighteen hundreds. Um, Leading into the 20th century, and, and and what happened, especially during World War One, especially during yeah. World War One, uh, as we go as we came into the modern age, you begin to actually see uh, the the difficulties, if you will, of what happened. Now, um, extreme colonialism deepened actually after World War One. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and then look across, across the world, at the violence that was done on people of color. This across the board, mm-hmm. India, Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. right? Then you go into into the Americas in the western in the western hemisphere, and you start to see what was happening. Look at Hawaii, Samoa. Look at what happened there. 
Look at what happened to us here. I mean, which which was going on for long, long before then. Um, you know, and you look at what happened in South America, Mexico. Now, just look, look at what happened to the indigenous people. Right. And look at what happened to us. Not not as a comparative thing, but just look at what happened. Right. It was. It's it's disturbing. It's disturbing that that this basically started, if you will, from a marketing plan. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? A marketing plan. But that in essence, that's what it was. A matter of exploration mm-hmm. and expansion for trade. Yeah. Exploitation of other resources. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they thought, now, hear, hear what I'm saying now. Listen to me. They thought so little of the people of these nations as to believe that they were less than and deserved to be what? Conquered, mm-hmm. removed, exterminated, right? That the numbers were depleted and to be subjugated into a sort of slavery and servitude, right? That carried on as a pervasive uh, tactic of of keeping people in servitude for centuries mm-hmm. and generations. Now, if, I, if 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 you think I'm if you think this is a joke, let's look at the Bantu Education Act in South Africa. In South Africa, right? That's the same time that we were going through the Board versus Education, uh, the the Brown versus Board of Education, um, was the same time that you had the Bantu Education Act. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was established by H.W. Vavor. When you go into that 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 situation, you look at how it all develops. You look at what was done to keep the the foot of colonialism on the neck of African people around the world. Right? You look at what was done in order to keep people in servitude. Wow. It, yeah, it seemed like. Every time there was any kind of global pushback, any kind of global uprising for change on the part of people of color, especially African people, it sent shockwaves through white ruling classes all over the world and caused them to act in even more egregious ways. You saw that in the United States, as you said, you saw it in South Africa, all over the country. Anytime we we know that during the decolonization movement, that was at the same time the desegregation movement was going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we still have to keep abreast of these waves of violence against us. You know, even, you know, because they're going to go after the low-hanging fruit. Like we seen yesterday, oh, wow. a person used a flamethrower to set fire to a Pan-African flag Come flying on, on a pole outside the headquarters of the Black oh, International Socialist Group. Do a We can't have anything. No, <laughs> that's their own property. Now I see a big hole in the middle of the African flag. Come on, you know man. those colors were being attacked. The driver pulls a flamethrower from the trunk of his car and shoots a tower of fire at the flag flying 30 feet above the ground. We can't have anything. <laughs> now let some black folks go out there and go do that to somebody, some, go in some gated community somewhere or some white folks community and go do that to their flag. Yeah. Come on, man. Right. You know, and I almost did that. You know, we we had a I had a park there on the radio here. We saw a big, huge Confederate flag on the back of someone's bike mm-hmm. going in the Wendy's one time. <laughs> we almost set fire to it, but we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. we didn't do it. We have, we have we're, we're more civilized, <laughs> right. far more. Came uh, over my mind though. Far more diplomatic. <laughs> far more diplomatic, folks. Uh, you know, but that's but that is. You don't forget that's, history. That's, you cannot. You cannot. And, and as a perspective, as a matter of perspective, uh, people like to like to do this, and I, it, I despise when they do it. They like to throw up Dr. King to me. <laughs> don't don't Especially do that. Especially the right wing. Yeah, don't don't to do justify that. Yeah, don't, their rolling back the clock. Don't do that. Don't do that. It, because first of all, let me let me just take this. Let me just go ahead and just take the win out that sale. Dr. King was worth so much more than what you use him for. 
<laughs> so much more. Don't you don't deserve to, to invoke his name. And the reason I say that is because those people are, have the same mentality as the people who killed him. They use him. You understand what I'm saying? It's a convenient, safe way to 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 come up with some uh, uh, garbage reason to calm us down. <laughs> don't I don't need to be calmed down. I don't need to be calmed down. I know it's that I'm a very intelligent person. Mabuse is a very intelligent person. We don't need to be calmed down. <laughs> we know what we're doing. We know what we're saying. And 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 you know, Dr. King was a civilized person, and he was trying to teach. These ignorant troglodyte, white troglodytes out here that were acting the fool how to be civilized and the meaning of civilization, and they killed him. Mm-hmm. The person who preached love, the, per- the was the person that was killed. Come on, man! You got four callers on Good. the line, five callers on. Good, the line. I'm sure somebody is being <laughs> ambivalent right now and wants to say something crazy but let's 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 go uh let, let me tell you let me let me just let me also let everybody know um we are very excited also for the medical society the black medical society especially and people of color in medical in medical society right now because in our community we have a medical desert what we found yesterday is uh, uh congratulations to all um, people of color who are in medicine because a groundbreaking decision was made um, regarding the investigations that were done uh, by DEA that found fault in their investigations because uh, against these people who are pharmacists, who are dentists, who are doctors, medical doctors in the hospitals and so forth, saying that they were doing um, uh, uh, making false false accusations against them about selling about the pill mills. Yeah, the pill mill, doctors. the pill mill doctors. And let me just say, congratulations to them because they have been vindicated. They've been vindicated at least for now. Um, that is that those cases have been thrown out, and now it has set a precedent. Thank God for these people who um, who are trying to get their practices back on track and get their lives back on track. Uh, because of these these ridiculous assertions that yeah, they did spend five years oh, in prison, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I'm so sorry for those people who spent time in prison, but certainly congratulations. And we today are going to have on the air. Um, you, you, may, you may know him as Billy, but we know him as Norman, uh-huh. <laughs> Dr. Norman Clemens. He's going to be on the air with us today to talk about the the background, the issue here. That's, that's involved in this injustice that has taken place with these folks. Uh, yeah. It's important for us to know this. Important. The doctors who were at the center of that court case was John Patrick Couch and Julie Rowan. And um, they spent five and a half years in prison. Yep. They were accused of overprescribing controlled substances like opioid painkillers. Uh, but the court said that, you know, it was not enough proof that the doctors were intentionally overprescribing. The substances. Exactly. Meanwhile, Walgreens, Walmart, and so forth right. are out there just selling pills like they lost their mind. And they get, get away with it. They get away with that stuff. Right. Black doctors and black doctors and people and medical professionals who have the ability to do the same type of thing did not do that. Far far fewer pills were sold. Far fewer. And they would set them up. The DEA would set them up by sending people in. It was proven that they had done that and paid them to do this type of thing. Get, folks, you're going to hear it today here on the Sunday Forum. And by the way, it was a Sunday Forum that was that that uh, had uh, Dr. Clemens on here and has consistently been on there um, talking about this issue more than anybody else has. So we're very proud to have taken part in that effort. Um, but let's let's see. If we got Dr. Clemens on the phone, and of right course, now. the the abortion issue is still right on, head, right on the head, right on the head, right on the heels of, of Roe versus Wade. Yeah, right on the heels of it. And we got to see that privacy, whether or not the privacy clause in the Florida Constitution protects the the right to choose. Yes. So we we'll see going forward. Right now, the, the judge is letting it happen for now. Right. But as soon as he signs the order Tuesday. Which is weird that he waited, but right, right. if it was wrong Friday, it should be wrong before Tuesday. But you know, he's let the the law go into effect to ban abortions at 15 weeks 
in Florida, right. even though we have a privacy clause in our constitution. Right. Let me let me also say before we do this, I want to give a uh, give my condolences publicly to um, to my family members with the loss of the last member of the Lee clan, the man who Walter Lee, for whom we're named, um, mm-hmm. his last child passed away. My aunt Mitty. Um, so uh, rest in peace, Aunt Mitty. Yeah. And so sorry to our family members of that segment of our of our clan. Um, All right. Well, let's, let's get on the way. You are tuned to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF Radio 88.5 in Tampa. Taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join us on this Sunday Forum. Come on. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yeah, good morning. How are you doing? All right. All right. Dr. Dr. Clemens? Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Man, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging. I've got still got a long ways to go, but we're doing much better uh, this week than we were ever doing last week. When I first told you this case was coming up before the Supreme Court, a decision was going to be made, and uh, there was another case. That I believe Doctor Russo was online. That uh, and there's several other doctors that are maybe online here today who were involved in several other cases that involved this very same thing and this has been happening around the country and uh just to make the case is called the ruhan uh uh con oh actually was ruhan uh um the united states and there was another case called con and dr con was uh out of i believe colorado uh and i may be wrong about that but these doctors were uh, uh, pain specialists, pain doctor specialists. And uh, as such, the United States Drug Enforcement Agency has been pretty much going around the country, uh, going around the country along with uh, the Department of Justice and targeting these doctors and using the word, we've always heard this word, pill mill and and. Uh, uh, saying that prescriptions medications were the cause of the quote-unquote opioid crisis. Well, we we know now that all of it's not true, that the opioid crisis, so-called opioid pandemic, and the pill mill uh, assertion has all been a hoax. And uh, it's probably one of the largest medical scandals that has ever taken place, ever has taken place in this country. And that the United States Supreme Court this Monday in, uh, in a nine-zip decision pretty much said as such that uh, that the, the use of uh, this targeting of health care providers just on a whim, without uh, probable cause, and accusing doctors of being pill mills and, uh, and drug distributors and part of the opioid crisis was indeed wrong. And they overturned wow. this decision of a, a Ru, a Wuhan. In fact, what's so interesting, we were on the phone yesterday and the Supreme Court, the case was Wuhan had brought the case to the court. His partner, Couch, had decided they just had given up. But these cases are very expensive. And the Supreme Court overturned his conviction, too. And in wow. if you, when you look at this case, it's so massive that the when when it was brought heard before the United States Supreme Court March the first, uh, it was actually about uh, a, a methodology of uh, men's uh, uh, a legal concept known as mens rea uh, and siander siander, uh, which uh, uh, deals with uh, knowingly knowing something is false and yet ignoring it and it's a criminal mind and criminal intent i know wow but i'll just put it like that willfully willfully um, doing that type of stuff like yeah, showing the type of willful yeah. ignorance with the, with the law exactly exactly and what the supreme court did was not only did they find that the government was 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 wrong in these cases and uh hundreds of doctors in the going to jail, but they threw uh, both the convictions out of uh, Ruhan Khan and Couch. 
and a number of other, that has a whole lot of, of physicians and dentists and pharmacists in the same position. Because what has happened is thousands of doctors have gone to prison. Jesus. And most, more importantly, hundreds of thousands of people have been killed by these policies of the, of the DEA and the uh, United States Justice Department, and people didn't even know what was happened. Now, when you say killed, what do you mean? I mean died, denied proper medication treatment for pain. Uh, the changing of the, the I, I, I'm talking about uh, being denied, uh, again, uh, treatment for pain, um, allowed to suffer. Right. So it's a, uh, that's a long-standing... That is a long-standing issue in our in the black community. Absolutely, uh, we could because there has been there, there were these false assertions, obviously, where uh, where we would come in, where people would come in with pain issues, right. and it was seen in the medical in, in these facilities, these uh, facilities that were led by right. white um, uh, uh, physicians, that black people were well. More immune to to uh, at a higher tolerance for pain. Is that it? Now let me let me let me say something about that one. This is actually brought on by an organization called Prop. Now this remember this disease state this this thing that was has happened affected all races. Okay, but primarily doctors and physicians of color. Let me show you the extent of this one. Is that uh, Indian doctors? represent like about 5% of the medical population. Black doctors about 4%. All right? African-American, Nigerian, you put that on that base. Right. But they were represented, 30 African doctors represented, I mean, African-American, I will say African doctors represented 33% of those doctors indicted, okay? And Indian doctors represented 16%. So you really had... Wow. The whole thing was based, the whole indictment thing was based upon, had its primary force upon color. Even though many, and what they would do, and here was the other thing they did too, was many of the white doctors, okay, let's say they got a pass, all right, and they got to their 40s and 50s. Then they would target the white doctors because they then had more assets. You see, so once the they once you can, once you can call a person a, a a drug dealer, you can then seize all their assets just like that. Right. And they were wow. houses. So they use this to target middle aged white doctors, okay, because they were the least ones uh they they, they were the least likely to fight back. Well wow. <laughs> right, I think yeah, widespread you... corruption within the Department of Justice and in the Department of uh, a DEA, and most importantly, how we got here is through uh, the CDC, an organization called Prop. Right. You hear about, right. and that's I just tried to get over that briefly. Is that Prop was called the Physicians for the Proper Use of Opioids? Okay, and it's a mm. fraudulent organization it's led fraudulent. by a guy named Andrew Kolodny, who is a diabolical racist. Diabolical. And he led the United States uh, pain policy in this country. And he came before this. And he, he said, read it. There's an article, pull up Andrew Kalani in the uh, uh, New York Times by a guy named Malakovic and Kraft. New York Times. And it specifically says racism protects black people uh, during the opioid crisis. That racism is good. And this is the guy that developed the United States policy, Andrew Kalotny. Well, let me let, let, let me uh, let, let's uh, we, we're glad to have you here. Um, let's we got we got to go to these phone lines, so hang tight, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, but wait, mentioned uh, he was talking earlier about the two doctors that were tried separately. Ruan was one. The other doctor, Shaquille Khan, they were tried separately for running a lucrative pill mill and flooding their patients with prescriptions for fentanyl. Uh, and they, they challenged their convictions, arguing that the instructions the jurors received risk criminalizing standard medical and prescription practices. Now, what I can say about this Supreme Court ruling is that it seems more like a normal uh, 
type ruling in that you don't have the left-right divide. You right. had justices from both sides uh, concurring right. on this opinion. And this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Chief Justice Roberts as well as Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh all unanimously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is this is this is strong. This is a landmark. But decision. we are concerned about the use of fentanyl. Yes. Now this is where you go after the makers, <laughs> so because they would know what percentage of it is, and I think that if we don't get a handle on that, then we're going to see the government trying again. To go after the low hanging fruit, right. which is what sound like they tried to. Well, do we, you know, this this is an opportunity for for us to defend our physicians. Yeah, this is an opportunity for us to defend our physicians, uh, and and you know, what better way than to begin with this type of victory? This is this is tremendous, tremendous. Let's go to our first caller. Okay. Caller, are you there? Oh, we lost that. Oh. Lost that. I was trying to keep him. Doc, call back. Go ahead. Call back, Doc. Call back. Welcome to the Sunday Forum. Caller. Hello? Hello? Hey, Doc. Uh, Caller? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, hi. This is Christopher Russo calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well. Thank you. Uh, still in a state of uh, shock, I think, and... Um, from um, uh, the not guilty verdicts that were handed down in Detroit federal court uh, on Wednesday. I was one of the physician defendants in the uh, case United States versus Dr. Rajendra Bhatra et mm-hmm. al., which was a, a big case, a federal case. Wow. The government wow. went after yes. Dr. Bhatra and um, um, uh, five of his uh, subcontractors who were all. Um, interventional pain physicians, and um, I was the defendant number five. Man, and, um, congratulations. Congratulations. I'm glad to have you here on the show. Listen, I, oh man, listen, you you have no idea how, how, how happy I am, how happy we are, because we've been putting this thing on our show forever and giving updates on what's going on. And let me tell you, uh, Dr. Clemens is 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 a stalwart. He has really been pushing these these issues and this agenda, and, and we're so happy for you guys. So happy for you. Well, thank you. I I was fortunate enough to bump into Dr. Clemens uh, on Twitter actually, and mm-hmm. um, we became friends and had some discussions. And I was giving him some updates during the trial. You know, I had to be real careful because of the vicious nature of the prosecution uh, in Detroit. Um, uh, so I had to be, you know, careful. Um, but um, I was, uh, you know, just wanted to get the truth out there. This has been a horrendous ordeal. Um, uh, you know, we our clinic uh, was raided and, and, and the physicians were uh, um, arrested at gunpoint by oh, wow. uh, law enforcement back in December of 2018. And my boss, Dr. Bathra, um, was uh, detained and he was incarcerated in pretrial detention, federal pretrial detention, for three and a half years. Um, uh, So he sat in a a federal uh, detention facility for three and a half years trying to prepare uh, his case. Um, But it all came to a conclusion on Wednesday when a uh, 12-person jury... Um, delivered uh, not guilty verdicts on, I think, all 56 counts. It was rather stunning. Wow. Uh, and it was a stunning defeat for the government, for the de- um, the Department of Justice, uh, particularly in the Eastern District of Michigan. It was a stunning defeat for the FBI in Detroit and for the uh, Office of the Health and Human Services OIG inspector. They all participated in this uh, in "Quote unquote investigation uh, and um, and prosecution and um, they it was it was really quite interesting because the initial allegations were that this was a half a billion dollar fraud uh, opioid case and um, uh, during the course of the trial as the testimony was elicited by just an extremely talented group of defense attorneys um, the prosecution's case 
deteriorated and they became the paperwork police. Wow. Uh, From a fraud case, a healthcare fraud conspiracy case with overprescribing of quote unquote highly addictive opioids to a you didn't sign this piece of paper and you didn't check this box sort of prosecution. It it, it was absolutely um, stunning. And um, just um, their case fell apart and um, the jury uh, uh, delivered the correct verdict um, to end this nightmare for all of us and um, and our families. And uh, I was just at Dr. Bothra's house last night. We had sort of a small gathering and sort of celebrating. But I think all of us are sort of experiencing a, a post-traumatic stress uh, a disorder uh, to some degree. But... Um, and here I am Sunday morning and just trying to figure out how I'm going to pick the pieces back up of my life that has been just destroyed. Um, but um, Are there any reparations that, that, that can be had? There no, should I be. I don't know. It's, it's rather early. Um, and I think there has been some cursory discussions about um, uh, that. But um, there have been no formal discussions. Um, but, yeah, this has been a, a disaster for me professionally. Uh, and financially, and um, and and emotionally, and um, socially, uh, mm. they went after us. They smeared us in the media. The lapdogs in the Detroit uh, media were dancing on our graves uh, three and a half years ago. Uh, really didn't give us a fair shake. Um, the Department of Justice uh, smeared us horrifically, and um, and. Uh, they were snakes during the trial as well. And uh, the evidence that came out showed that they were playing dirty pool. And wow. um, thankfully, the attorneys, uh, you know, Ron Chapman, uh, Lawrence Margolis out of Ann Arbor, uh, Arthur Weiss, um, Alan Rogalski, Jeffrey Collins out of uh, uh, Detroit, and um, uh, Robert Harrison uh, were just tireless in their preparation uh, for... Uh, this case, and uh, I don't think the Department of Justice saw um, um, this coming. That, you know, they, 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 did. They, they never do. They never do, because they don't think that, that we're going to fight back. You know? Right. Um, and I don't know, I don't know whether you're, whether you're um, Indian or black or what, but... I'm, you know. I'm uh, white. Uh, okay. you know, half Norwegian, half Italian. <laughs> all right, all right. And Russo. <laughs> right, right. Okay, okay. But I worked. I worked. Uh, I worked um, in an inner city pain clinic in mm-hmm. Detroit, in, in one of um, Detroit's neediest areas, and we served, um, you know, a, a population of primarily lower socioeconomic folks, um, which um, comprised, uh, you know, um, uh, whites in the you know the Warren, Michigan area. Uh, and African Americans um, from you know from Detroit, and you know we loved our patients, and we we tried to give them um, you know top shelf uh, interventional pain medicine services using a multidisciplinary approach to try to minimize the narcotics. And I felt that we were trying to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Treat patients who had nowhere else to go. Try to root out the scammers and the pill seekers, and and also identify the people who had. Um, addiction issues and try to, you know, get them um, pointed in the right direction to get them some help. Um, um, but um, the government um, uh, labeled us as pill pushers and, you know, greedy doctors and um, That's terrible. Uh, That's and uh, conspirators. And, uh, and uh, their arguments unraveled rather quickly um, in federal court. And like I said, um, the media was dancing on our graves three and a half years ago, and it's almost like there's hardly a peep from them now that we've been acquitted. I think they're quite disappointed, as are uh, the Department of Justice and the FBI in Detroit, which they have egg on their face right now. It was a well, that's good. Loss. They deserve every bit of that egg, and I, and, right. and I, I hope that you're eating well because of it. <laughs> this is outstanding, Doc. This is outstanding. Listen, uh, we want we want to keep up with you, okay? Please, you're welcome to call into this show anytime and, and understand you have our full support and congratulations to you and, and all the people there who are part of this case and that, that have undergone this type of thing. And we, we hope that you will stand in advocacy for the other doctors and, and medical professionals out there that are trying to get their lives back on track as a result of this decision 
now other people will be able to free themselves of this of this issue. I uh, will. Thank you. Let me add one other thing. Um, I lived in Tampa for three years. I did my okay. medicine fellowship um, at the University of South Florida, and then I spent some extra time at the Moffitt Cancer Center, and I absolutely loved my time in Tampa. I loved the people. I loved the medicine. I loved the climate. Um, just a wonderful area and um, a <laughs> uh, very special place, and that's a very special time for me. So, Well, come on down. Come on, come on back. Come on oh, back. We okay. want to see you. All right. Thank All right, time, gentlemen. All right, thank you. Okay. Bye bye, man. That that was mm -hmm. wow, man. That really is something, and, mm -hmm. and and I'm so happy for him, man. So happy for him. Um, let, let's bring Doc back, and let's and let's go on to our next caller. All right, you're on the Sunday yeah. for him. What one of the yeah yeah one of the things <laughs> he's still talking. Doc, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one of the things that. Uh, that uh, the the Dr. Russo, Christopher Russo, was mentioned was the scam that the FBI did in this case, where they sent they were uh, uh, they set up a guy who was a he actually the guy was a, a a crack cocaine addict, okay, and they brought him in and they gave this guy a total of sixteen thousand dollars. They paid him five thousand dollars in cash to see one of the doctors there and try to set him up, a doctor named David Lewis. And David Lewis is, is, uh, was an anesthesiologist, graduated from the Harry, you know, Wayne State University, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, you know, had all these accolades. So just as Dr. Lewis, these were highly trained, highly skilled uh, pain specialists and, so, and this multimodal approach. And Dr. Lewis examined the patient and did what was, he was supposed to do on his patient and stuff. And they kept sending this guy back trying to entrap Dr. Dr. Uh, Lewis. And wow. uh, that was one of, and Dr. Lewis, again, treated everybody with dignity, respect. He understood what this guy's issues were, tried to get him the proper referral. And yet they tried to use uh, 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 that against him by calling him a greedy doctor. Uh, and uh, Dr. Lewis had nothing to do with the billing, billing that had taken place. He talked about Lahandra Basra. He's from India. I mean, this guy had been, not only he was so well-known, he had, uh, they got pictures of him uh, uh, with Mother Teresa, uh, Pope John Paul the, uh, the, 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 the second. Uh, and uh, this guy is, was well-known in India, highly disciplined, highly expertise gentleman in pain medication, just as Dr. Wuhan was, okay? And yet they, what they did with him, because he was older, they then turned around, and when they indicted him, they put him in jail. And he stayed in jail for three and a half years. Yeah, they just told seven, us that. I tell you what, Doc, we, we want to just, let's, let's go to the calls. We got some more callers. That are, that want to that want to call in here. We we got to talk to them. Um, so let's do that. We have a few minutes before NPR. About six minutes, right? Yeah, six minutes before NPR. So let's try to get another call in here. Caller. Hey Walter. Hey, uh, say good morning. How you doing, brother? Say good morning to, to Doctor Clemens. Yeah, hey Doctor. Hey. I know him uh, all the time calling in. I yes, know I don't have a lot of time. Billy, you told me Doctor Clemens. You, you, you See, I don't have enough, a lot of time to say anything. I wish you could take me over to the NBR break because I wanted to ask him something. Okay, uh, I tell you what, yeah. let's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to bring you over to the NPR break. Um, so let, let's 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 uh, Mobili, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. So we have we have a situation in our community that we know exists, and that is with regard to what I call the medical desert, right? And, and which is. I'm sure a common term I've actually seen in other places as well. Um, but few people know about it, it, it in terms of it being called, uh, having a term, right? Or people would call it a thing, right? So what, what we're looking at here is a situation where in our communities, you don't see the doctors, uh, the, the nurses, the dentists and people of that nature who are considered to be medical pharmacists and so forth, who are medical professionals who are practicing within our community. This 
activity on the part of the federal government, uh, when I say federal government, I mean DEA and so forth, caused a real problem for us. A real problem. Because the, there were extraordinary numbers of people of color who were, uh, uh, who, who were established in these communities who now had to shut down their practices and their names have been drugged through the mud and with, with no, you know, this happens now and it seemed as though there was no recourse, right? So this happens now. The question is reparations. The question, I believe, is reparations. How these people get reestablished in the community? Because we need them. We need these dentists. We need these these uh, oncologists. We need these um, uh, pharmacists. We need them in our communities. And, and, and you know, it's, it's important that our people know that this has happened. I don't think people even know the extent of this type of thing, how bad it really was or how bad it really is. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think you have, that is a problem. I mean, you want, you want medical, you want black medical personnel in your community so there, there's not a, a desert. And at the same time, you don't want bad actors. And I think that somebody mm-hmm. has to police the other. You know, the good guys have to police the bad guys unless they're going to get caught up in some uh, prosecution that's trying to stop a bad act, and that is from over-prescribing or over-making bad drugs. I mean, that have fentanyl in it just because, you know, it's going to get you a better high. You right. know, and, and there, there are bad actors out there who call themselves physicians, who call themselves pharmacists and doctors that, that, that want to engage in this, this black market. Right. You know, and and somebody's got to watch them. Somebody's got to do it. And yeah, but you can't outlaw medical procedures that a, a doctor working in good faith really believes he's providing right. to a patient in pain. You know, I've been in pain and I know that there's but there are people who overdo it, you know, and fentanyl is something that's killing people. And so there's got to be there's got to be some kind of balance here. Absolutely. In my mind. Absolutely. Um, and I think that there has to also be a, uh, perhaps a an organization that needs to be established. Yeah. That established, that does set up like a checks and balances uh, within our, as a watchdog group, so to speak, for within our own communities. Yeah, because I think this case, even though they were exonerated at the Supreme Court, I think, you know, they disagreed on the legal rationale for it. So I think it, it's going to go back to a lower court. If not for these two doctors, there's going to be new defendants in court, in lower courts who, you know, the states are still under pressure to solve this, these problems of deaths because of Overprescribed drugs, right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So we're gonna see, we're gonna see a new case, and uh, each is gonna have to be taken on his own merits. Yeah, absolutely. But I tell you what, um, for now, especially yeah. for now, um, I am, you know, I gotta say, I am extremely happy uh, for these gentlemen and ladies who are who are out there now practicing. 